Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! Before I jump into uh, my sermon, uh, I'll just tell you a little bit about myself, um, tell you a bit of a story, and then, and then we can get into the points. So, uh, my name is Karen. I work as a uh, product manager in a uh, startup. Um, and this startup builds uh, a digital uh, platform, like an application, for the beauty and wellness uh, industry. So a lot of people ask me, uh, what does it mean to be a product manager? Actually, what do you do? Um, in a nutshell, uh, and I put up a slide as well, I hope you can see, um, in a nutshell, as a product manager, you actually put on a lot of different hats on a day-to-day basis. On some days, you are kind of like a detective. You're trying to understand what your customers need and how you can help them solve those needs in uh, creative and new and exciting ways. Uh, and on other days, you are a little bit like a conductor. So I work with a team of uh, engineers and uh, designers, um, and we need to make sure that everyone on the team knows what the mission is uh, and, and knows how to work together so that we can all arrive at that same outcome. And on some days, uh, I am a negotiator because you don't only just work with your team. There are other teams, other departments, um, and other stakeholders, your bosses, your managers, and different people that uh, you need to collaborate with um, and align and make sure that we all achieve a, a common ground. Maybe they need something that uh, you have or you need something from them. Uh, so there's a lot of communicating and, and negotiating and making sure that uh, we have a common ground and common understanding. And sometimes uh, you are also a firefighter. Um, when things don't go according to plan and things are on fire, um, I don't know if you know that meme, the dog sitting in the middle of the fire is like, everything is fine. <laughs> yeah, so um, uh, sometimes you, as a product manager, you are a firefighter, just trying to put out fires uh, when things go wrong uh, or didn't go as planned. So uh, that is what I do. Um, it is a rewarding job, but it also comes with a lot of high expectation, and it's a very high intensity. So those of you that know me, uh, know that I take my job very seriously. And <laughs> yeah, and I put in a lot of effort. <laughs> yeah. Um, so at the, the beginning of this year, uh, I discussed with my manager uh, a couple of ambitious projects for my team and I uh, to take on this year. And it was implied that you know, if I, I did them well, accomplished these projects, um, there was possibly room to discuss a promotion in the next year. So this was something that I really wanted and I was working towards. So as the month progressed, uh, things you know, went along. Um, I ticked off some of the projects um, in that list. And then recently, uh, last month, one of the last two projects of the year uh, ran into some major problems due to a combination of my own mistakes uh, as well as a series of other events that kind of snowballed into uh, a larger one. And as a result, my manager uh, decided to step in to fix the mess. And so you know whenever your manager steps in, that's never a good sign. Uh, yeah, so my manager had to step in to fix the mess. And now, as a result, all the work that I do now is under a lot of scrutiny uh, because of that. So any hope that I had for a promotion next year uh, is gone. And what I've worked so hard for, you know, the other projects that have gone well in the beginning of the year doesn't really count anymore because now the focus is on this 
uh, mess up that happened, essentially. Uh, which is why uh, what I wanted to talk about today and the title for my message is What is Your Treasure? I hope you can see that. Okay, um, so the dictionary uh, defines treasure as wealth, such as money, jewels, or precious metals that is stored up or hoarded. It could also be a collection of precious things, whatever you decide is precious to you, or something that is of great worth or value. Now, we all treasure different things. For me, it was my uh, recognition at work. Uh, for others, maybe it's your university grades. Um, for someone else, it might be their job or their visa. Uh, for other people, it could be your social standing, the number of friends that you have, uh, number of followers that you have on socials. But if we take a look at all of these things, they all have one similarity. They are all earthly treasures. Now, I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't have any desires or dreams or goals. Uh, in fact, I would encourage everyone to have dreams and goals and work towards achieving them, because uh, that's you know, what keeps you going in life. Um, but what I'm suggesting is, have we considered another more important treasure, the treasure of all treasures? So that leads me to my first point. It's not about me. So we can never be certain of what happens later today. We can have plans, but we can never be certain of these plans, of what happens later today, uh, what's going to happen tomorrow, or even what's going to happen uh, further down in future. So just like with my work, you know, everything seems to be going well. Uh, we just, but then with one incident that happened, you know, everything sort of derailed. It's just like how some people may invest in stocks, and then the next day the stock market crashes and everything is gone. Or you prepared really hard for, for this job interview and you thought it went well, but then the results is that, oh, sorry, we've decided to uh, hire another candidate. Or you've you know, studied really hard for this, this external examination and you prepared with all your heart for it and then the results came out, oh, you have to take the exam again. There are a lot of things in life that we cannot predict. And I uh, just wanted to bring us through to uh, Daniel chapter 4 again. Um, for those of us that are not familiar, uh, we spent uh, a majority of this year um, reading through Daniel chapter 4. Um, and uh, if you're not familiar, just to give you a brief context of the story of what happened in Daniel chapter 4, there was this uh, Babylonian king called King Nebuchadnezzar. And uh, it started off really well in, in uh, Daniel chapter 4 where he was praising God uh, and glorifying God for, for God's goodness. And later on then, Daniel, uh, in, in Daniel chapter 4, uh, the king had a dream. And in that dream, uh, he sees this really big and luscious tree that was really strong and tall, uh, with lots of fruit, and uh, the different animals were able to rest and find shelter uh, under this tree. But after that, uh, the tree, in the, in the dream, he saw that the tree was cut down. Uh, all the, the fruits and the leaves uh, withered. You know, there were, the animals could no longer find uh, any shelter under this tree. But the tree still had the stump and the roots. 
And so uh, Daniel actually interpreted this dream for the king and said, King, if you don't you know, repent and turn away from your sins, turn away from uh, uh, who, what you're currently doing, um, all of these things, your kingdom will be taken away from you. This is a dream for you. Um, but the king refused to, to uh, listen to Daniel. And in fact, in, in, uh, lower down in Daniel chapter 4, it says that you know, the king actually uh, walked around uh, his uh, palace, I suppose, um, and he boasted about his achievements. He said, like, um, look at you know, the expanse of this kingdom that I have built and I have created with my own skills and my own uh, abilities. And immediately, uh, just after that, his entire kingdom was taken away from him. Now, the Bible doesn't explain how it was taken away or what happened. It just says that uh, his kingdom was taken away from him and he went from having everything to having nothing. And he became uh, beyond even the lowliest of the lowliest um, and it says that he became even like a wild animal. So when I, when I read through Daniel chapter 4, uh, again, um, and then as I went through uh, the this kind of season in the past month and right now, uh, God is revealing to me um, my own pride, you know, thinking that I have it all, I can do it all, uh, I have this in the bag, um, I don't need God's help. Uh, like, like the king, uh, God is reminding me that I need to come back to that place of realizing that it's not about me, it's not about my skills and abilities, and I need to submit uh, and recognize God's authority uh, in my life. So this is me uh, issuing a reminder or maybe even a challenge for us to check ourselves. What have we been seeking and storing as treasures in our lives? Is it God or is it something else? Is God on the pedestal or are we on the pedestal? You know, the world teaches us to chase after different things. You know, we need to get good grades in order to get a good job. And once you get a good job, you want a higher paying job or a better job. And after that, you want, you know, maybe awards. Uh, you want to have a boyfriend or girlfriend. You want to have a dream wedding, your dream house, dream car, dream this and that. Um, it never goes, it, it, it never ends. It goes on and on and on and on. Yeah. And so we can never be truly satisfied just by chasing after these material treasures. Yeah. The Bible even reminds us about this in uh, 1 Timothy 6, verse 17 to 20. Um, I'm reading from the uh, NLT translation, which I, I, I chose specifically because the words are quite powerful, I believe. Uh, it says, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money which is so unreliable. And you can replace money with anything else, with your exam grades, with your career, with your relationship, whatever it is, you can replace it there, it, it, it still rings true. Um, you know, don't trust in these things because they can be unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. Uh, there is another verse in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 21. 
and it says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Amen. So there are a lot of verses in the Bible uh, that just reminds us of this treasure in heaven that is incomparable to the earthly treasures that we may be looking for. So we might be thinking, okay, so what is this treasure in heaven and how do I get it? So let's go to uh, my second point. It's about Jesus. So this treasure in heaven is simply the fact that we know Christ and we are known by Christ and that we can be in his presence for all eternity. Now, it sounds really simple and you might be thinking there should really be more than this. It can't just be, you know, knowing Jesus, but really it is all that we need. Jesus is all that we need. Because if you read in John uh, chapter 4, verse 14, it says, Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So the Bible already says this. All we need is Jesus. If we go to him and we drink of this living water, we will never thirst again. Um, anyone here likes bubble tea? Okay. Yeah, some? I'm pretty sure there are more than that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, when, when we, why, do we, why do we drink bubble tea? Because it's sweet, it tastes good, it feels good. Um, and if you <laughs> read uh, you know, into the science and you're trying to read into all that, why does it make us feel good? Yeah, it's because of the sugar. Uh, <laughs> it's because of sugar uh, in, the, in bubble tea or just any other you know, sweet things out there. Uh, it, it triggers this chemical in our brain called dopamine, uh, which then makes you feel good. It's a, it's a chemical that makes you feel uh, good about yourself. You know, it gives you energy, it makes you feel happy, uh, it makes you feel motivated. You're like, yeah, I got this. Uh, but it's a temporary high. And we all know that once we finish um, uh, uh, having bubble tea or any other sweet thing, um, you know, it leaves us wanting more. And that's why you know, we keep going back again and again to the same bubble tea place or a different bubble tea place um, to, to get more of that, to, to want to feel that, that same high and, and experience that same feeling again. And it, in, it also says that uh, if you like read articles and things, it also says that our brain eventually develops some kind of a tolerance uh, to this sugar uh, or this bubble tea. Um, and eventually we'll need even more of it just to experience that same like happy and feel-good feeling. Yeah. So in the same way, uh, I see a lot of... No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, in the same way, you know, with our earthly treasures, yes. uh, we all think that if I get this job, I will be satisfied. 
if I you know, have a relationship with this boyfriend or girlfriend, I will be happy. My life will be complete. Um, if I buy a house, uh, I will be secure because, you know, houses, they, nothing will happen. It will always be a profit. I will not have to worry. Um, that we always think that, um, you know, if I have this, it will be enough. But in the same way, like bubble tea, uh, once you've got one treasure, like you've checked it off your, your treasure list, uh, we'll start looking for the next treasure and the next treasure, and the next treasure. Yeah. In the same way, these material treasures are like the temporary highs that we experience when we drink bubble tea. Yeah. It feels good when you have it, but after that, you need more and more and more and more. Nothing in this world can truly satisfy us, but Jesus says that he gives us living water. Can you imagine water that is fresh, that is flowing, that is you know, refreshing and it gives you life. When you're feeling thirsty, you drink this water and it refreshes you. That is what you know, Jesus is offering. And we, when we taste of his goodness, Jesus says that we will be satisfied and we will no longer thirst. Yeah. And not only will we be satisfied in John 4.14, uh, the verse that we read earlier, it says that we will have a fountain that springs up out of us. So it doesn't mean that, you know, you just have one cup. It means that you will have this constant flow of living water inside of you that will never run dry, and you can even pour it out um, to others. So while we may not be, you know, the richest, the smartest, the most accomplished, the most successful, the most good-looking, the most, you name it, uh, person, uh, within our circle of friends, our colleagues, or even our family. When we have Jesus, we have found the greatest treasure beyond all of these. Yeah. Yeah. And just bringing back again to the earlier verse in Matthew that we read, uh, Matthew 6, 19 to 21, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven yeah. where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And in Matthew 24, verse 35, it says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. So all these treasures that we are accumulating now, or we want to accumulate now, they are great, but they will eventually pass away. But only God's word will remain. So if you think on our time on earth, it is just a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of the eternity that we get to spend in the presence of Jesus. So Jesus is asking us if we would play the long game. Would we look at the long game rather than just this tiny, tiny fraction uh, of what we're experiencing right now. So you're thinking, okay, how do I play this long game? Which is my third point. How can I make Jesus my treasure? If we recognize that it's not about me, it's about Jesus and he is the treasure, so how do I make Jesus the, tre the treasure of all treasures in my life? My suggestion to us is simply humility. Wow. 
recognizing that it's not by our own abilities, our own talents, our own smarts and riches that got us to where we are today. If we enthrone ourselves, we're saying that we don't need God. We're essentially saying that we are God. In Proverbs 16, verse 18, it says, Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. What does it mean to be humble? Being humble means recognizing that we're all broken. We cannot save ourselves. We make mistakes. And we need God to save us. It also means being willing uh, to have a, a spirit that is teachable, a spirit that is willing to change, and allowing God to change us. I'm sure none of us like to feel that we are weak or incapable or insecure in certain things. But when we recognize and submit to God's authority in every situation, whether it's our internship or job applications, whether we are writing our assignments or dissertations, whatever it is, we allow God to take control of the situation regardless of the outcome. God is still glorified. You know, things can still not go according to our plan, but if we submit humbly and surrender to God, whatever the outcome, God is still glorified. So can we live a life that reflects Him through the good and bad? Our response to our situations reflects on our convictions. It is quite hard for me to write and prepare uh, this message today um, because I, I do feel you know, afraid, ashamed, embarrassed of failing or falling short of not meeting expectations. Um, there's, there's a lot still uh, that's in progress. Um, there's still a lot of hurdles at work that I have to jump through. But Again, then, uh, God also remind me, reminded me how you respond in this situation is how people will see uh, God in your life. So you, you, I could choose to be upset, which I was initially. Um, I could choose to complain, to get angry, to throw in the towel and give up and uh, not want to do the work anymore. Or... I can choose to be thankful that I have a job and that I have an opportunity to fix my mistakes. Um, I can choose to be willing to, to learn and improve myself. Um, and I can also choose to be content with what I already have. When we feel like we're at the weakest point in our life, when we are unable, for example, if you are searching for a job and it's not turning out with any results, or you're in a tough situation and you don't see a way out, you don't know how to get out of this sticky spot, how do we choose to respond? And it's very apt. The song that we sang earlier, as well as what Pastor Nikki prayed, um, you know, can we fix our eyes on God and wake up each and every day still facing life with joy, with the knowledge and the confidence that God is still in control despite that situation. Yeah. 
And can we be truly content with what we have? You know, of course, all of us have different desires and things that we treasure and things that we want. I still want to be recognized for my work. Yeah. I still want a promotion. I'm sure different ones, you might want you know, to do well in this exam. You want to get certified for certain things. Uh, you want to uh, be able to get this job that you've been applying for for the longest time. You want to finish your um, master's or PhD. Uh, there's so many things that we desire. But God has been teaching me, and I have been relearning that God is truly enough for me, yeah. with or without a promotion, yeah. with or without a job, yeah. with or without name that thing. In Christ, I have enough and I am enough. I wrote this in my personal like devotion and I don't think it would have naturally come for me. <laughs> but I said, I don't need pedestals to be used by God. In fact, it is when we are not on pedestals that God receives all the glory. Yeah. This would definitely never come from me. <laughs> yeah, so we don't need pedestals to be used by God. Yeah. And most of the time, it's, we think that when I'm, when I'm on that pedestal, then I can be used by God because then people will see you know, the success that I have but really, it's when we're not on the pedestals that people truly see the God that we believe in. I'd rather be a, a nobody who knows Jesus and has that eternal joy rather than somebody who has all the riches in the world but not have this eternal joy and hope in Jesus. My desire is for all of us to recognize that in Christ, we have enough. Yeah. Even when we have nothing and we feel like we are nothing, Christ is enough and yeah. we are enough. Yeah. There is one uh, verse that I wanted to share in Philippians 3 verse 8 from the NLT version again, because I think the words here are quite powerful. It says, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Everything else is worthless. Whatever that we have in this world is worthless in comparison to the value of knowing Jesus as our Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. Can we all say that all the material possessions that we have right now is garbage in comparison to God? It's a really, really strong word. But yeah, it's reminding us that everything else in this world is worthless, really like garbage that you can just throw away because knowing Christ is of so much more value than all of these. So if I can invite maybe the worship team up um, as we close and maybe we'll um, spend some time in worship and then I'll pray. But essentially what I wanted to get across and I hope um, even if you forget everything else that I said, 
Um, but you remember that the joy of knowing Jesus is so much more worthy than all of the material possessions that we can put together. Everything, you can almost consider it as garbage, for lack of a better word, garbage, once we have found this ultimate treasure. One last verse that I wanted to share in Matthew 13. Don't know if I have it. Yeah, I do. Um, Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Would we allow God to be our ultimate treasure, just like this man? He's willing to forego everything else, sell everything he has, just to keep this treasure. Would we consider God as the ultimate treasure? There are three things that I want us to think about um, in, in a while we'll worship, but yeah, three things I want us to think about. First is, what is on the throne of our hearts right now? What are we putting as treasure? Is it God? Or is it ourselves and our own desires? If so, would we accept Jesus' invitation to drink of his living water? Allow him to satisfy us and to fill us so that we will never thirst again. And can we live a life that points to the one who gives us eternal joy and hope even when the going gets tough? So there's three things. Even as we worship, as you are thinking about some of these treasures in your heart, can I invite you to, to offer it to God and say, God, these are these are my treasures. Might not be a lot, but these are things that I consider important. But would you be the most important one uh, in my life? Would you take all these treasures and replace it with a desire to know you and to be known by you? If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.